0: And it's called Blue Zones. And uh, you probably are thinking to yourself, well, what is Blue Zones all about? <clears throat> there was a, a man by the name of Dan Butner, and uh, he was intrigued by the thought that there were some people living in various parts of the world that uh, were living longer, uh, living healthier, and uh, and happier lives. Uh, there were people who were living to uh, the year 100 and beyond. There were more of these kinds of people living in these blue zone areas than other parts of the world. And so he wanted to learn why uh, this was taking place. What was the secret to their longevity? And has he studied these uh, various people groups? Well, let me just uh, mention where where they're they're found. One is uh, in uh, Sardinia, Italy. Uh, a second is in Ikaria, Greece. Uh, a third is in Okinawa, Japan. A fourth is in Nicoya, Costa Rica. And the fifth, and the only one here in the United States, which is not very far from Ridgecrest, is Loma Linda. California. And so he took uh, several years to uh interview uh these people who are living longer, healthier, happier lives. And he discovered nine characteristics among these uh these people. Nine common characteristics. And uh, and so he put together a book talking about these characteristics. Now, I want you to know that, uh, this, this book has kind of inspired this series, but, uh, this, this series is not about just living that lifestyle. God hasn't put us on this planet merely to see how long we can live and live, uh, happy and forf- fulfilling and healthy lives and that be it. Nope. The purpose of our life here on earth is to get to know the God of this universe and to walk with him. And if all people are doing is trying to live as healthy and as happy and as long as they can, they've missed the purpose of life. John Jesus says this in John chapter 12. He says, if if, if you, if you were to gain the whole world and yet lose your own soul, you lose. It's not, it's not about, you know, living as well as we possibly can. It's preparing for what is yet to come. Okay? This is only the dress rehearsal. And life to its fullest and for all eternity is on the other side. But yet, So many people don't know that. And they just are focused on the temporal and the here and now. And so we're going to be looking at five of these characteristics. I've condensed them into five. But uh, if you look at the characteristics they all have in common, all of them, you'll find in God's Word. These are principles that God has laid out in His book for you and I to live by. And if we live by those principles, God will bless our lives. Even people who don't know Jesus Christ, if they live by these principles, God will bless their life too. But they will miss the most important blessing. Is believing in the person of Jesus Christ and what Christ has done for them. And so, this is a, a Blue Zones is an initiative that's been um, taken on by the hospital. I was exposed to it about uh, six or eight weeks ago, and I thought this would make an excellent series. And uh, so, this is what we're going through in the next five five weeks. This morning we're going to be looking at pur- purpose. Next, next week we're going to be looking at our bodies as the, the temple of God and how we need to take care of our, our, of our bodies. The third week we're going to be looking at the priority of family because in these blue zone areas family is a very high priority and for the senior adults especially they are they are honored in those families they are not a forgotten generation they are the patriarchs of the family and there is much wisdom to glean from them and that's what you find in these various regions the the uh actually that's going to be the third week uh, the fourth week no, actually, that is a third week. The fourth week will be uh, social connections. You need to have healthy relationships outside the family. And here at Emmanuel, we want those relationships to be found through the life groups that we have to offer here at Emanuel. And so that Sunday is going to be set aside for a focus on life groups and how important it is for you and I to, to be in one. And then the, the last of uh, this series is the significance of faith. If Again, in all these re- regions, they were people of faith, but they're, they're not all Christian. But it's important that we have the right faith, that our ladder is leaning up against the right building for us to... Uh, to, to bl- truly bless our lives and to see um and to be with him for all eternity. So John Montgomery uh from Cal Baptist University is going to be here on that last Sunday. He's uh, he oversees the uh, uh the spiritual spiritual life at Cal Baptist. He's going to be sharing about the significance of faith on that Sunday. So don't miss a Sunday. I hope that this really encourages all of us because I don't want us to just deal with this over five weeks and then go on with something else. I want this to be um, permeate our church over this next year. I want this to be a theme uh, for us to, uh, to <clears throat> kind of live by over the course of this next year. So purpose, question, what makes you want to get up in the morning? Now a senior adult came to me this morning and he saw that question and he said, you know what makes us senior adults want to get up in the morning? We got to go to the restroom (laughs) and how right he is, but, uh, you know, that's an easy question to answer if you've got preschoolers at home. <laughs> you know, they're getting you up whether you want to or not. And uh, and so for those early years and for those years that uh, you've got little ones or uh, adolescents at home, you pretty much know what your purpose in life is. It's for their well-being. And your life kind of revolves around their needs. But when we get to be a little older and they become grown and, and leave the house, um, we're asking ourselves the question, what is my purpose in life? And that might be a bit difficult to answer. You know, I think of, uh, as I was reading uh, Blue, the Blue Zones book, uh, Dan pointed out that... Uh, right around the turn of uh, the millennium, the year uh, 2000, uh, demographers found a spike in senior adult deaths. Um, after the, the 2000, following December 31st, 1999, there was, a, uh, there was a spike in senior adult deaths around the world. And uh, chances are, what motivated those senior adults to keep on keeping on was that they wanted to see the turn of the century. They had a reason for getting up every single morning. They had a purpose. Well, what's to be my purpose for being here? It's not just about success. Last week we looked at James chapter 4, and James was uh, talking to uh, uh, business people who God wasn't a part of their equation, and they were very successful, but uh, they never considered God's will, God's plan for their life, and so they missed the purpose. They were missing the purpose of their life. Success is not purpose. Purpose. The two are very different things. And we need to be asking ourselves, what is my purpose for being... Why am I here? That was one thing that Dan Butner um, discovered among these centenarians, people who lived w- well past 100, is they had a purpose for getting up every single morning. Whether it was to tend to their garden or to be there for their family or just their social acquaintances something was getting them out of bed and when we read God's word when we know God's word God gives us as believers in Christ a purpose for living and in a nutshell it is this to know the god who has created us and glorify him in all that we do. Yep. Look at Ephesians chapter one verse four. Ephesians one four says, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. The Bible says that before you were born, before God created the heavens and the earth, before time began, which represents this rope, God knew your name. And God knew when you were going to be born. And God had a plan for you. And all through history that we read in God's word, we see the activity of God and what he did with his people. And then, lo and behold, you came along. And here you are in the pink space. And God has a plan for you. And it's not just about how to live as long as you possibly can and be as healthy as you possibly can, and be as happy. No. The purpose of your existence here is to know the God who created you. God is not a myth. Eliana, my granddaughter, was playing soccer yesterday. I don't know how the. The topic of God came up on her team and she was talking to a little boy on her team and he said, God's a myth. Ellie, Ellie said, God's not a myth. How did, how did all of this stuff get created? God's real. And my friend, God is real. And he created you, and he created you with a purpose. And he wants you to get to know what his purpose for your life is. He wants you to have a reason to get out of bed every single day. And these centenarians had a purpose for living. They had a reason to get out of bed. That was the first common characteristic. And so this morning I want you to know that you are not an accident. There may be some accidental parents, but there are no accidental children. God loved you and God knew you and God knew that he needed the DNA from a mom and a dad who would create you, specifically who you are. God has a special plan for your life. So what is God's purpose for your life and mine. Number one, it is this. He wants me to center my life around him. God is to be the center of your universe. Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 and 38 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. God doesn't want to just be a slice of your life. He he wants to be the jelly in your jelly-filled donut life. He wants you, he wants to be your everything. And God's command, God's most important command is to love him. And we love him by worshiping him with our life. Now, how do we know? How do we know if God's number one in our life? We stop worrying. We start letting go of the stress and trusting God. But chances are, when God isn't the center of your life, it's really easy to focus on the storm. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious for anything But in everything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. There's a lot of stressors in this world. And as close, as the election gets closer, You know, that stress level goes higher. And folks, we've got to come to the realization that the answer isn't found in the person who sits in the Oval Office in Washington, D.C. The answer is in the person of Jesus Christ. Regardless of what happens in this year's relationship, Election. Let me encourage you, you need to vote. You have a responsibility to voice your opinion. You have a responsibility to vote your values, your convictions. But our hope does not rest in Washington DC. Our hope rests in the person of Jesus Christ. And we must constantly trust Him. We must live, love Him with our entire lives. And maybe you're here this morning and you're thinking, well pastor, that sounds well and, and fine, but you know what, just, Christianity's just a crutch. And I don't need a crutch. I say to you that, that Christianity, it's not a crutch. It's a life support system. And if you want to make sense of this world, sense of your life, it starts with God. He is the author and the perfecter. He is the person who has designed your life. And if you want to know how it works, you've got to go to His Word. You've got to read the instruction manual. And His his manual says, Love Him first and foremost. That's the first purpose of our life. The second purpose is, uh, is this. God wants me to be connected to others. He is a relational God. We see in Him the Godhead. Yes, God is one, but He is in the persons of the Son, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. And they work in unity with each other. And we see that God is relational. And when he created you, he wanted to have a relationship with you. But you know what? He's not going to force himself on you. He wants you to choose him. If if you, you were forced to love God, you'd be a robot. You know, I don't want my children to love me because they're supposed to love me. I want them to love me from their heart. And that's the way God is in having created us. He wants to have a relationship with, with us. And one of the ways we see why how he wants to have a relationship with us is the fact that he created the church. The church is there for you and I to connect with other believers in Christ. And Christ considers the church so significant that He gave His very life for the church. And so my question is this morning, how well are you connected to others here at Emmanuel? If, if, if you're new, you've got a good excuse. Okay, And so we want you to find a connection point with other people. But if you've been here a while and yet very few know your name and you're not sharing life with anybody else or people aren't sharing life with you, you're missing out on a huge blessing. Look at Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews 10 says, And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And it's getting closer and closer to the return of Jesus Christ. And we must be there for each other. Now, I'm very consci- conscious of the introverts in, in this room and in the, in the uh, video venue right now. You know, there's there's some people that uh, you know you have a really hard time going outside your comfort zone and getting to know others, and and your stomach is is really churning right now. Well, if I'm describing you, even God wants you connected to others. Yeah, I don't know if you've um, uh, read the Babylon Bee. Uh, You'll find the Babylon Bee uh, on on Facebook, but it's a a satirical website that uh, is designed to make the church laugh and to point out some uh, inconsistencies that uh, ought not to be there. But uh, they had an article on introverts. And uh, I'm sure that, you know, as introverts hear about this importance of, uh, of uh, being connected to others, you know, it, it's stressful for them. But uh, So they wrote this article, and the headline was this. Introvert hires personal representative to engage in church small talk. <laughs> <laughs> if you're an introvert this, here this morning, boy, you would like to hire somebody like that. The two of you could come to church and they would be your representative and tell everybody what's happening in your life and you could just come into the service and sit in your seat and everything would be hunky-dory. But that's not reality, is it? God wants you and I to be connected. Look at Acts chapter 2, verses 41 and 42. When God established the church... The Bible says that those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. It happened immediately in the New Testament. God wanted his people to come together and study further the apostles' teaching. And that's what we do here at Emmanuel. Um, the our, our life groups are sermon-based, which means that uh, you're going to be with your life group this week, and you're going to go into further conversation, further study of what was talked about here in uh, the service this morning. And uh, this week's study is in Ecclesiastes and uh, Solomon's uh, search for uh, uh, the true meaning of life. And uh, you're going to find this. Uh, very informative, a great conversation together. But we need to be connected. California Institutes on Mental Health um, found this to be true among those who isolated themselves. Isolating yourself from other people is not good for your physical health. They found that they are three times more likely to die an early death, four times more likely to suffer emotional burnout, five times more likely to be clinically depressed, and ten times more likely to be hospitalized with an emotional or mental disorder. God doesn't want us to live in isolation. God wants us to be healthily connected to other people and the centenarians in these blue zones had healthy social relationships outside of their family. And God intends that to be in the local church. The third thing that we can learn and know about God's purpose of our life is he wants you and I to grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ. God has put us on this, this green earth to grow, to know who God is, to know the person of Jesus Christ, and to grow in the grace and knowledge of who He is, to become more like Jesus Hebrews 6.1 says, So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. Hebrews 5.12 says, You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. There are some who have been coming to church for years. And you're still dependent on others to feed you the word of God. The writer of Hebrews says, this ought not to be. You should be at the point where you can teach others. And I want to encourage you, you know, what, our biggest need here at Emmanuel, one of our biggest needs, we got lots of needs, but one of our biggest needs is additional life group leaders. And for many of you, you've convinced yourselves that you don't, you, can't possibly lead a life group. Because you you don't have all the answers. None of us have all the answers. There's plenty of growing room for all of us. But if you want to grow in the grace and knowledge of who Jesus is, begin teaching others. And we don't make it very hard here at Emmanuel. We We provide you the material. I mean, the teaching just isn't on you alone. You're a facilitator. You're just asking the questions and everybody's entering the conversation. And you've got the answers uh, underneath the questions that you're asking. I want to encourage some of you to take a step of faith and ask God, God, use me. Ah. Stop trusting in others and start leading yourself. God wants to use us. God wants us to grow in the grace of knowledge of who he is. And there's no greater way of growing than when you're teaching other people. I could have preschool workers, children, youth workers stand up who have taken a step of faith to teach others. And you know who grows more in those classrooms? It's the teacher more than anybody else. Because they're having to prepare themselves. But take advantage of the growth events that we have here at the church. When there's a women's conference, it's an excellent opportunity to glean uh, from somebody else. Men, please come next Saturday morning for the men's breakfast. So, I'm sorry, see it's ingrained. Sunday mornings, you've been listening, thank you. Come. It's an opportunity to meet other guys, it's, it's an opportunity to be encouraged in the Word of God. God wants us to develop our spiritual muscles and we can't when we're just sitting on the sidelines watching everybody else play the game. Get In the game, you know another way we grow in the grace and knowledge of God. It's not through not just through the ministries here we offer here at Emmanuel, but uh, it's through the, the problems that occur in our life. Those problems aren't there by accident. We we serve a sovereign God. And nothing happens in our life that doesn't first go through His filtered hands. And God has a purpose for every uh, event that's taking place in your life. And God wants you to trust Him uh, in the in those problems. Second Corinthians chapter one verse nine. You don't have it in your Bible this morning. But if you'll turn there for just a minute, if you don't have your Bibles, write it down and go look at it later. Second Corinthians nine says this, Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. Uh, Paul was on a, on a ship and uh, it was a huge storm and he thought that they were all gonna, going to die. But he says this, but that was to make us rely, re, rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Paul says it was a good thing that that storm occurred because it was an opportunity for me to trust God. look at isaiah chapter thirty eight this verse seventeen isaiah chapter thirty eight um, Hezekiah has been told that uh, hezekiah is very sick and uh he's been told that uh he's going to die and so hezekiah prays to god and he asks god for 15 more years of life and god uh supernaturally does that in in hezekiah's life gives hezekiah th- 15 more years, but he says this in verse 17 of chapter 30, 38. It says, Behold, it was for my welfare that I had great bitterness. But in love you have delivered my life from the pit of destruction. Those episodes occur in our lives so that we Can have a problem, an opportunity to trust God. So, what's happening in your life in the problems that you're facing? Is it making you more bitter, or is it making you better? As we grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus, if we, as we take responsibility for our spiritual growth, and when. Problems come our, our way. We have the faith, the courage to prevail for it to make us stronger. The fourth purpose that we see uh, <clears throat> for our life is that God has put us here to serve others. To serve others. It's not about you it's about the god in you and being a blessing to other people first peter chapter 4 verse 10 says as each one has received a gift minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of god god's given each of us a gift and he wants us to use it not for our own benefit but for the benefit of others for all your days. Not just for a particular period of time. You know, we hear an excuse here at Emmanuel rather frequently. Oh, I've been there. I've done that. I'm retired now. When it comes to kingdom work, there is no retirement in God's kingdom. Our lives were not designed for a 24 hour of leisure activity. You know, the purpose of our life is to not go, get so rich that we don't have to do anything for the rest of our life. God wants us to serve. And not just in the church, but outside the church. Jesus' prayer for us was this. Jesus prayed in John seventeen eighteen, Just as you have sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. God wants us to be a blessing to each other, but God wants us to use our gifts to bless others out there. I'm grateful for our, our neighborhood supper ministry on Monday nights. We receive we feed between 75 and 100 people. That's not for our church. That's for our community. We, God would have us to do good in the community, to bless our community. The movie night that we had Friday night, I, I believe that this is going to be the beginning of, of many opportunities to take our church outside into other parts of Ridgecrest and bless them and share with them the good news of Jesus Christ. We have a, a, a good news club that's going to be beginning probably around the first of the year. But many of you know that we've adopted Pierce and uh, Inukerun Elementary Schools and uh there's a couple in town who have gone around to the various churches asking them to adopt uh, a particular elementary school in in the community and provide a good news club uh following a day of school once once a week. Uh that would be conducted uh, preferably in one of the classrooms on campus. And uh and we've adopted Pierce Elementary and uh, God willing, we're going to have a good news club uh, f- following uh, one of the s- days of school during the week. And we're looking for volunteers. Bob- Barbara Lamberth is is heading this up, but she needs additional volunteers to help lead this club once a week after school. God wants us to be his ambassadors outside the walls of this church. And these are some opportunities that we are able to do so. Psalm 116, verse 12 says, What shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? God has been good to every single one of us. That needs to be each of our prayers. What shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me. There has got to be a reason for us to get out of bed every morning. And it's living according to our purpose. And our purpose is to glorify him and to make him known to others. Which brings us to number five. God's purpose for our life is to communicate His love. He has made us to take His mission to the world. Second Corinthians five says, God has given us this task of reconciling people to Him. We are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. And God has placed people in all of our lives to communicate that same message. Come back to him. I was speaking to a young man on on Friday who's going through a A very difficult time. And he talked, and he heard me talk about Paul's uh, episode in the ship. And Paul said it was good that uh, we had the sentence of death upon us because it causes the trust in him. And that message spoke to his heart. And God reminded him that he needs to come back to God. You've got people in your life that God wants to use you to encourage them to come back to Him. Why? Because He is our only answer. He is our only hope. Our hope isn't in Washington, D.C. Our hope isn't in Sacramento. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. And it's only in following Him that He makes helps us to make sense of this world. And it begins with reminding ourselves ain't every single day how much He loves us and the extent that He went to for our salvation. And those of friends of yours who are struggling, you need to remind them that God's not angry with them. God doesn't hate them. God wants them to come home. God wants to set them free. And He does when we believe that Jesus died for my sin. That He came back from the grave. And then He sits at the right hand of the Father interceding, praying for every one of us. And He hears our prayer and He wants to answer. But He's got to be the center of our life. The apple of our eye. For us to live according to His plan and purposes. And so this morning we want to pause and we want to prepare our hearts and remember what Jesus did for each one of us so that we might know and live out His purpose for our life. If you're at a point in your relationship with, with Him where um, you are not spiritually prepared to take this supper this morning, God doesn't want you to take this in an unworthy manner. And so we're going to sing a song of invitation, and maybe you you need to prepare your heart. You need to confess uh, what's been more important in your life, what your life has been surrounded, uh, has been wrapped around. And acknowledge that. If you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, it starts there. And we would love to share with you how you could receive Christ into your heart and life. And then take this joyfully, gratefully for what Christ has done for you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the ultimate sacrifice you made. For our salvation. And Lord, I, I pray that we would that our love with with for you would be reflected in how we live our lives. Our lives get wrapped around so many different axles. And none of them lead to life. God May it start with you. I thank you that you know each person by name in this service this morning. May they know the desires that you have for their lives, and may they choose to follow you rather than their own way. God prepare hearts for the supper that we're about to to observe in remembering all that Jesus, you did for us. Thank you for this time of worship. In Jesus' name. Would you stand with me, please?